All right, welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Triton Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Gonzalez. This is brought to you by the Pacific Athletic Network. Uh, once again, we're thankful to Trilogy Financial uh, for us letting them, letting for them letting us use their studio. We're grateful to Mark, our producer, and Mariah, our SID. I'm excited. Today we have our host. I'm your host, our guest, Joey O'Keefe. What's up, Joey? How's it going? Nice to see you again. Thanks for coming. Joey is the head coach at Bio University on men's soccer side. I've known Joey a while. Now, how long has it been, man? We've known each other for nine years. Nine years. Jeez, that time flies. Mm -hmm. That is a long time. But um, thank you for being here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, Joey, for some of our listeners that may not know, you know your story, you know, we'd love to – you know, you're obviously the newest head coach at Biola. Just got hired, what, a couple months ago? Yeah, uh, a Weeks? month ago. A month ago. Weeks. Man, Weeks ago, yeah. right in the middle of soccer season, essentially. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to hear just your journey. Like, tell us a little about yourself, you know, for our listeners, viewers. Yeah, so, yeah. okay, so I'll, I'll give the quick synopsis of the early time. Was born and raised, well, born in Orange County, raised in Victorville. Oh, had bless the you. <laughs> bless me. I'm not, uh, I made it out uh. here in Orange County now. And so... Went to Biola University, spent okay. four years there from 2012 to 2016 is when I graduated. Um, from immediately when I was done, I kept playing soccer. Had an opportunity to do a short stint to play in Austria. That's and right. As soon as I came back from Austria, I had the opportunity to be the founding coach at Pacifica Christian. Mm -hmm. and so that, that was really my first opportunity to be a head coach. And from then on, spent three wonderful seasons and would love to have continued to do it. But and into the third season of coaching high school soccer. I got the opportunity to start up and be the founder of West Cliff University men's and women's soccer programs. Hmm. So I would have loved to be able to do head of the men's, head of the women's, and to do the boys' soccer at Pacifica, but something had to give. Yeah. And moment. you got married in between there, right? And I got married. And you got a and puppy. I got, and I got a puppy. So <laughs> you're just as bad as me. Yeah. Three head coaching jobs, yeah. a puppy, and, and a new wife. All uh, at the same time. All and at the same time. It was a great time. That That is awesome. Um, I know. So for those of you that may not know, Joey – has this thing of liking to be founders wherever he goes, and he founded Pacific Christian Men's Soccer Program. Uh, it was an incredible experience for our boys, our families. They actually have been not have they have not been as successful since then. Hopefully, uh, we can get back to that. I know COVID's kind of put a kink in it, but um, we're grateful for your time there. So Westcliff, and then what, what kind of what happened from there? Yeah, so Westcliff for about two and a half years, um, and then there was a job opportunity that came up with biola to continue to do that and i thought you know what it's an opportunity to go back to where you came from was mm. unbelievable a place that for myself biola is where i found my wife it's where i found my best friends it's where i found my faith it's where i found so much of what i hold so dearly to life mm. and so because of that the opportunity came up and i love to be a founder of, as we talked about being a founder with pacifica being a founder yeah. with westcliff you leave behind so much you got to start and create mm. so that was difficult very difficult to leave behind all the guys who i had recruited to come into that university yeah but an opportunity to go to a school where i came from there, there's there's no other opportunity i would have ever yeah. wanted for myself kind of brings it full circle absolutely right? oh man and even though now it's a drive living in south orange county and driving to the, the very tip of north orange county la county it's a drive but it's something that i i love yeah I'm totally fine with it well and and you're unofficially undefeated and officially defeated, and you're undefeated. No, I said that wrong. Officially undefeated and officially undefeated. Correct. Yeah, we haven't lost yet. Okay. On both sides of the thing. There you go. And, and I guess that's the sense because you have ex exhibition matches and scrimmages and whatnot. Yeah, we, we've got off to a wonderful start. And so something I think that I've um, – the difference between NAI and Division Two. Yeah. So I'll kind of get into this from an athletic standpoint. NAI, there's loads of, of competitive teams. But there's also loads of teams who are not quite as competitive, hmm. where you might not need to prepare quite – quite as much as you would as you would for some teams yeah what i found the big difference is with ncaa division two is that every single team can beat you 
and you can beat every single team. Interesting. Like it's such a tight knit competitive environment. If you anyone's into the soccer world, it's sort of like the English Premier League, hmm. where that number one team can lose to a team on the bottom, and it's not that big of a shock. You can still beat somebody because it's so competitive. There's so many high level, high level talented players in there. Hmm. Where it's not necessarily the same in the NAI. It's, you've got a, a level of wonderful, amazing, talented teams who can beat anybody, and then you've got the the second tier who athletics just isn't as important to the universities. Gotcha. I think. That makes sense. Is there is there a high and we'll just jump right into all of it. Is there a high uh, either bounce back rate in Division Two? Is there a lot of D one guys that you know are dropping down? How, how even this? How has COVID affected the recruiting side of D two? Mm-hmm. You know, I know you've only been there a couple of months, but you've been recruiting at Westcliff, so I imagine this experience is somewhat similar. Yeah. So the recruiting has changed a lot because you have to be able to watch film and analyze guys in mm-hmm. a way that you couldn't see them play live in person. Okay. So I've gotten to be much better. I still got a long way to go, but to be much better at watching guys film talking to guys on the phone and really trying to get a read for them on the phone and through a Zoom call than I would have if I would have had the opportunity to meet them in person because it just Mm -hmm. wasn't safe for several months to meet people in person. So what COVID allowed us to do is to analyze tons and tons of film, get quick reads on guys, and then having to go deeper and deeper into who's your old coach, who's your this. Mm Because at the end of the day, you want to bring in guys who are, yes, talented players, girls who are talented players, but you want to bring in good culture people as well. Oh, for sure. So it changed the landscape in a huge way because a lot of guys who were part of Division I, Division II programs, their programs got cut during COVID. Hmm. There was an astounding number of men's soccer programs in particular that got cut in COVID. And so that then opened up a lot of opportunities for players to bounce back. So our roster now... Well, a transfer roster that came in, I want to say there's probably five Division One guys who oh, either really? graduated from their programs and they had years of eligibility to come back and keep playing. Okay. Or they went to a Division One program. They got it. All they wanted was the, the title and the name to go say they played Division One. Hmm. Didn't enjoy the experience quite as much, and now they're finding tons of success in Division Two. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of brings back the point. Pacifica says this a lot, and you've heard me say it over the years, the whole journey piece, right? Like the journey has to be more than the outcome. Um, and, and I think – you know, at any level, if it's under six soccer <laughs> to the you know college ranks, like you need to have a good culture, you need to have a good you know journey there for those kids. Because at the end of the day, you're still molding young men, mm-hmm. and and I know you take a lot of pride in that. I've seen you do that Pacifica with Seahorses, Westcliff. You know, um, so that's a lot. Of, it's encouraging to hear that's still a focus for you that you haven't gone away from that. So you're a relatively young, young guy. How old are you now? Twenty eight. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Dude, and I think that what I love about being a young coach is that. I have conversations with freshmen and sophomores who come in and have the expectation that, you know what, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be the second string guy. I have to be because yeah. this guy's older than me. And we sit down in, the, in, the, in my office and say, look at me. Look at how old I am. Age does not make a big difference to mm. me. It doesn't matter to me if you're a freshman, if you're a senior, if you're 18, if you're 25. Our, our biggest concern is as soon as we step onto the field, the best 11 are going to play. And so I've had an opportunity that I am – Blessed beyond I can imagine to be coaching at the age I'm coaching at, to be at yeah. the level. Because it's, it really is a massive jump from the NAI, and it's, it's had big changes as mm. far as in our way that we practice. The way that we practice, the way that we watch film, the way we analyze film, the way we take tactical cameras on top of parking structures to see what our shape looks like when we practice, to see analyzing practice film to then get ready for the game, to see what's really our best number one guy, number two guy. Hmm. And we've got young guys who are jumping in and getting minutes and taking spots, and I love it. That's awesome. I love it. We still have it. We're four games in, and we still haven't found a perfect starting lineup because we want, we've had so much good competition. It's been That's wonderful. Great. That's great to hear. So, yeah, so you're a younger coach. What what are some words? You kind of talked about a little bit, but maybe words of wisdom you know, for the, the young coaches out there who are either just starting their high school careers because your, your trajectory was fairly quick, mm-hmm. I feel like, from mm-hmm. – you know, Pacifica is only seven years old, and we didn't start boys soccer until I think our second year. 
as a school, which really in five years you've gone from a head founding high school soccer coach to founding Westcliff to, to now a, a pretty um, you know prominent D2 school. What do you, what's some advice you have for young coaches that, that have these goals too? And they're like, man, look at Joey O'Keefe. He's 27. Did it, you know, married kids, South Carolina, whole thing. Yeah. No kids yet, but maybe you will. No Bree, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no kids yet. We love kids, just not yet. Uh, I think that the most important thing is that you are not your best coach on your staff. You are not your you are not your best. Uh, you need to get guys who are better than you who are gonna be better than you. But mm. not just guys who are better than you because you you need to be able to have guys who are gonna teach you. Mm. So on my Westcliff staff I had coaches who were I was the youngest coach out of I had, I was ten staff. I had nine assistants. Because you had both boys and girls. At I had the time. boys. Well, no, no. When I had the men's, because we did the three teams. We had varsity. Oh, that's we right. We had a sixty-five man roster. We had varsity, JV one, JV two. My goodness. Across those three. And 65, you had to recruit all those kids. I recruited every single one. <laughs> and Boy. recruiting is a piece for myself that a lot of head coaches don't necessarily enjoy the recruiting process because yeah. it is such a grind. I love the recruiting process mm. because I love the relational aspect. Every single member that I bring in here, I know that I brought them. Gotcha. I know that we uh, assistant coaches absolutely have input, but I need to be able to make sure that I'm the one who has the final say. Because ultimately, you have to you have to answer to that. I right? have to answer to it. If they fail in class and they're they're messing up, it needs to be because I brought them in. Yeah. I want that to happen. And so, I think that bringing in nine different coaches, being the youngest, and having pride in the fact that I don't need to be the best in everything. Hmm. Like in my, I'm a very different type of coach where I have different coaches run different sessions. And one session, you might have five coaches doing five different things. Yeah. This guy's doing this and this, and everyone's got different roles. Hmm. And so my job as a coach is to make sure that I put the team in the best possible scenario Interesting. for the coaches to be able to coach them. Because at the end of the day, every coach every coach wants to coach. Every coach wants to have their voice heard. Hmm. But I need to give the, uh, the team an opportunity to say, hey, Coach Phil Yovino, you are the best at this I can think of in our whole staff. He's the best at multiple things. But <laughs> I need you to coach this this week. This is yeah. going to be your entire focus. Coach Josh, this is going to be your focus for this week. And we, because at the end of the day, they want to learn, they want to get better too. They yeah. want to be stretched. Yeah. And so my job is to, as much as just to manage my team, is to manage my coaching staff. 100%. And I'm still, this wasn't on purpose this time, but I'm still the youngest on my coaching <laughs> staff. I've got a coaching staff of, I'm the, of six. I'm the youngest again at Biola. Yeah. And I love it because like, they bring such a different piece of dynamic. Everyone's so invested. Five of the six are alumni of Biola. That's awesome. And the one who's not, wishes he could have came to have the experience after yeah. he's a coach. And so I think the, the biggest advice I'd give is you have to surround yourself with people who are better than you, and you can't have the ego. If you have an ego as a coach, you're going to fail because hmm. everything's going to be about you. Hmm. And if everything's about you, as soon as you get a loss on the record, it comes back to you, and internally you're going to fail. Yeah. So you need to be able to have – first off, you need, your advice is win-loss record is important, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Yeah. It's about getting better for yourself. And getting better for your team. A better you is a better team. That's at the end of the day, a better coach is a better team. And on top of that, you need to be able to take take the, the coaches who are better than you. Realize that you, if you're the smartest person in the room, then your room's not big enough. Interesting. If you're the big, if you're the best one, and you see yourself as the best coach in that room, then you're you're you're, you're too small. You're, yeah. aiming, you're aiming too small. You're not going to be the, the big program that you want to be if you are who you say you are the best one. Especially if you're young. We don't like I don't have enough experience. Yeah. As a coach. I've got loads and loads of experience. I bring a lot of positive things. I'm very very secure in who I am, my faith in the Lord, and my ability to coach them here for a reason. Hmm. But there's just people that I can bring in who can enhance the program and do a better job. Hmm. I think that's so important. That's the biggest part. I will say, man, just even hearing you talk now makes me rem reminds myself why we hired you to begin with. <laughs> and and Bethany got a steal over that's there. Biola got a steal. Yeah. So but I, I am grateful for you um, in that sense. So that, that's great words of wisdom. Now, from a, maybe from a more um, not practical side, but 
like a uh, what's the word like professional side then that says like what what all do like licenses uh, experience as a head coach you know uh, you know assistant coach like what what does that route look like I know you may be a little bit of anomaly with how mm-hmm. fast but in general like what are what are words of advice like do coaches need to go out and get every license possible mm-hmm. do they need to be a head coach for an x amount of time do they need to go found a program you know what does that look like yeah, so I would say licenses are important, but the tough thing is though that nowadays it takes time. Yeah, you have to when you get there's six or seven different licenses in the whole stack of the ladder you have to climb, and it used to be where you could really jump quickly once. Oh yeah, to the I next. got my C license because I was grandfathered in because I played at a certain level, right? That's it used amazing. to be that way. Yeah, um, and now it's a whole other and, and, different. And, yeah, and then now it's extremely expensive as well. Sometimes oh, yeah. your club that you coach for will pay for it. Sometimes your school will pay for it, but not always. And so it's a really expensive thing that you have to invest into. So my biggest advice and something we're trying to do with our guys now in the spring is to get the guys their cheapest license to start them at least on the right track. You're like now. your coaches or your players? Players. Or, okay, that's, that's players, awesome. Players, the lowest license we can get them. So then hopefully when guys are here for four years, they're leaving with their C license as long as they want to invest that money into it. So you can jump right into coaching if you're here for at Biola for four years. That's cool. So that's that'll be always our plan for the springs. Okay. Um, but my advice is you have to start it. You have to start it now and immediately. It's sort of like a degree. Does having a doctorate degree mean you are the smartest person in the room? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But it does give you the respect on paper and the respect up front in the media to say, you know what, you've done what it takes to be that level. Yeah. We know that at least you've done the work to get to that at level. At least you'll get looked at, maybe. Yeah, right. you're, gonna, you're at least on a paper, on a resume, you're going to look higher. Maybe you're, maybe there's, there could be a guy who has no licenses, who is an amazing best coach in the world, but when you have those licenses to back yourself up, yeah. it does give you the credibility on paper, sort of like a degree gives you credibility. Yeah. And it, it's you're right. It's the world we live in. Like to, in order to yep. be a teacher, you, you have to go to school, right? And, and for better or for worse, you'd be the smartest person in the room. But it just is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's and, it's, and when you're looking at D1 opportunities, almost all of them are going to say you need to have a USA licensed coaching level. Okay. Some D2s do, but not all. Okay. Um, and outside of that, I was I, I wasn't asked when I you know for an NAI position they don't have anything on a resume of, of what you need to have. But okay. as soon as you get to that Division One level, you need to have your A. Gotcha. And you to get if to have nothing to get to your A is about a seven eight to eight year process. So Man. you need to start. You gotta start now. You gotta start now. Now is that for just head coaches? Say you're an assistant coach or a goalkeeper coach. Do they need to also have that kind of uh, you know, degree of licenses or no? Is it different? Yeah. So degree license, the, you don't you do not need to have it as a goalkeeper coach or as an assistant because a goalkeeper coach has a different license. They pathway. go through the old. There, there's uh, a there's a goalkeeper pathway, goalkeeper level two level. Like they they yeah. go their own route, um, but. When you start to coach club soccer, hmm. which most coaches in college coach club soccer to supplement their income, yeah, you are paid based off of what your license is. Interesting. So if you jump a license, your pay is probably going to jump, and it's going to increase just a little bit. Okay. And so licenses are incredibly, incredibly important in the club scene, not as important in the educational scene. Okay. Like it's like that is the end-all, be-all in the club, professional, everything that is strictly just soccer, gotcha. not educational-based. Gotcha. Okay, that's good to know. And I mean, a lot of coaches out there are trying to figure out what to do. And maybe a lot of them know this, but also, you know, you have high school listeners and anybody who's like, I want to get into coaching. This is just yeah. that route. So, what, what was the, the the F license you said, or I E think or it's whatever? Changed now. Now it's like grassroots, and it goes like grassroots, grassroots. to E to D, or just grassroots to D. And okay. so, something something that's really important too, and I've I've figured this out pretty early on, is most athletic directors are not like you, where you don't know soccer. Yeah. Most of them are basketball coaches and football coaches. That's, that, that's very traditional. That's and fair. so a basketball and a football coach, no detriment to them, they don't understand what the licenses and levels mean. Mm-hmm. So if you were to tell them you're an A license coach, and I walked in behind you in my interview and said, oh, I don't have my license level coach, they're not going to realize what that maybe means from, yeah. from far away unless they want to dig deeper into it. Mm. That's just the reality of traditional athletic directors. They don't, it's not any detriment. It's just 
is they're they're is. more specific and they know more more knowledge of their own sports. Yeah. So it's not in the educational world, especially in academia, it's not as important, especially as it is when you get in the club system, mm. and then the, when you start to get to lower levels of um, of adult playing, like USL League Two, you have to have a C license to coach. You yeah. have to be have a C to be a head coach. When you get to the USL League One, you have to have an A. Yeah. Like you have to have a jump to get even to be registered from the US Soccer to be a head coach. You mm. have to have that. Yeah. So then our listeners go to US Soccer. Org, I'm assuming. Yep. If you just go to Google and type in U.S. soccer coaching licenses, it'll pop up. You start on the bottom and you work your way up. There's no way to jump. And even if you've played second division in a European country, there's no <laughs> way to jump. You have to be a first division for I think two years oh, to get to a level to a to jump even to like a B or a C. Oh, yeah. Man, and it's expensive. It changed? Yeah, it's like thousands of dollars now. Right? The the B is like four grand. The A is like six grand. So it's and it's there's not even gar- there's no guarantees either. No, you, you still got a pass. You can fail. <laughs> it's yeah. like playing for college. Um, okay, so you got to talk about licenses a little bit. So let's you know, jump into maybe Biola. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're there now, four or five weeks in. Um, you talked a little bit about the the, the preparation for game day. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to just maybe for our listeners who are thinking, you know, we at Pacifica, we have a handful of boys and girls who are either considering Biola or very schools very similar, maybe the old GSAC kind of schools. Um, you know, what's what's that? What's the culture like? What's the support for athletics at Biola? What mm-hmm. what has your experience been there now, four weeks in, but not, but being a player also. You know, now's your chance to talk a little bit about that side of it, the journey piece, if you will. Yeah, so having the player experience at Bella, I couldn't, if I was to do the entire experience over again, I would have gone back to Bella and done it again. Hmm. I loved my experience as a player. So naturally getting into in the coaching role, I was a little fearful that, you know what, I love this place because I remember my teammates. I remember my experience. I remember the support from the administration. I remember the chat. I remember all, everything it was to be a student yeah. athlete on campus. And being a coach is just as amazing. Hmm. I love it. The amount of support you have from other coaches who are who are Biola's an extremely conservative faith-based school. Mm-hmm. So the incredible support you have on your faith from your administrative staff, from your athletic director, from your assistant athletic director, to all your other head coaches on campus. Everyone has their own office. They're there all day, every day. Yeah. Every sport is so committed to be a winning program, and to like the and to just walk by uh, different offices and to see student athletes in those offices every single day. Just having a normal conversation with, with, the coach, with their coach. With their coach is so okay. important. Yeah. They're sitting down, they're asking about anything about, coach, I'm, I'm struggling with this, and I can walk by a room and hear that. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time in this area of my life. Hmm. And that is like the most amazing experience that Biola can do for you. Yeah. Is that you've got the opportunity that where your, your coaches really care about the life that you have. And the coaches stay for a long time. Yeah. Like yeah. The, so many of the coaches have been there for 5, 10, 30, 40 years <laughs> of their Dr. career. They've, all, they've yeah. all been there. And you've got Silzer who's been there for 25, 30 years. Yeah. And all these coaches who, the yeah, Gracie, yeah, Mike Teague and Gracie, Gracie's coach. Yeah. Um, just been there for a long time because they love the value of it and they value yeah. the university of what it can, what it can grow. Hmm. And so from an administrative standpoint, from a coach, and what it's been able to offer me is way surpasses what I thought it could have in the beginning. Yeah. My coaches, my experience as a coach is very limited. From founding a program and everything that comes with founding a new business, a new program, you have to wear every single hat. Yeah, at so many different times, and so and then to come into one who's been established for over a hundred years, where there's systems in place, there's things already like you need to worry about. You, you know, more focused on your role. Yeah, your role of being a coach, mentor, and leader for your program, hmm. and that's what my biggest thing I've fell in love with at this university. That's awesome. Because my focus is justice. If I try to go outside of my scope and help. I'm quickly told, no, 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 don't worry. We have systems in place to take care of those things. Just focus on what you're doing. It allows me to pour in the hours into making sure we're doing a good job in the that's program. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that, and that, you know, it's encouraging to hear that that's still 
is out there because I know that for Pacifica and maybe hopefully that was your experience, but you know, me and my team in the admin side, our Mm -hmm. goal is to make the lives easier of our coaches because if they have to worry about fundraising or the balls pumped up, does the van have gas, whatever it may be, um, then they can't pour into the kids, right? Mm -hmm. They can't pour into their programs. And you were a little different. You also kind of worked at Pacifica, Mm -hmm. which I thought helped huge to build culture and experiences there. Um, So then we'll shift gears a bit for some, uh, from a recruiting standpoint. So, Last year, you talked a little bit early on, was all about film and, and you can't really go to things. Well, now that it seems like most everything's opened up, um, do, are you guys, do you see in your program or other maybe D2 or any colleges just in general, is there this like quick like dash to the races to go out and find kids now? Or is it more like, hey, most of our guys, specifically maybe our sophomores or juniors, now have this extra year. Mm-hmm. We're not in such a hurry to go out and recruit. Um, if that makes sense of mm-hmm. a question, like what are your thoughts on that? What do you see? What are the trends, especially for our current seniors who are like, I just talked to a coach and they're bringing everybody back next year because they had a younger squad to begin with. Everybody has a year, you know, so on. Yeah, that, that totally happened. So the seniors of 2020 really got messed over because yeah. so many schools, including, including Biola University, so many schools had all their players come back. Mm-hmm. All their, no, we had maybe three guys leave the program. And so we weren't really recruiting many players. Also because scholarship dollars are usually tied to those older players, and yeah. so that means we don't really have scholarship dollars to, to bring somebody in. Hmm. So that COVID, that 2020 class really got um, had a big difficulty, and we've seen a lot of guys and girls end up doing a gap year, okay. and just not playing for the junior college, not in just studying at the junior college, taking less than full-time units, and still playing for their club team. Speaking of that age. real quick, the full-time unit piece, for those yeah. who don't know. So if, you, if you're looking to go right into from high school and you want to go to college, but maybe you didn't get the opportunity you wanted to right off the bat, mm-hmm. you only get four years to play in college. You can go to college for 10 semesters you can, as a full-time student, which is full-time student is 12 units or more. Yeah. But if you were to go and just to go to your local junior college and take less than 12 units, take nine units, you can continue. You don't have to necessarily play for that junior college team. Yeah. Instead... You could just play for your club team an extra year where every single club offers that. Yeah. You can continue to play with your club. You don't lose a year of eligibility. Because your clock starts once your you hit full-time, once right? Once you hit full-time. So okay. your clock hasn't even started yet. Okay. So it gives you the amazing opportunity to still be a fresh, to still be a high school senior technically because mm. you're going to come in and get four more years. Yeah. And so it's a huge, like, the amount of student athletes who've done that now, you're seeing huge benefits. Okay. Because they're now, they're, recruit, they're coming to recruit you and you know, hey, as a coach, I'm now getting a 19-year-old incoming freshman versus an 18-year-old incoming freshman who has one more year of experience. Gotcha. And that, that little thing is going to help their, their body yeah. growth, all different sorts of things. But now what's important is that the facade is that coach is going to find me, coach is going to seek me out, coach is going to give me a full ride. Nine times out of ten, that doesn't happen. <laughs> the re- when I go to, to scout at large tournaments, and let's say a tournament like Surf Cup that's down in Oceanside, okay. a huge tournament that happens twice a year, I'm going down there to look at the, the larger teams, the okay. bigger teams who play at the highest level. Yeah. But I'm also seeking out because we've had individuals reach out to us specifically and say, this is what I like about your program and your university. Hmm. Here's where I'm playing. I'm at this tournament. Please come watch me. And I will go to that field to watch so that. So there's value in that. So there's when huge gr- value Boys and girls are finding their coaches and emailing them. Huge Nine times value. out of ten, coaches will somewhat go, even if it's for a half or part of a half or whatever. Yeah, they'll send, usually they'll send, they'll, I'll send myself, I'll send an assistant, but it has to be personalized. If yeah. I get the email of, hey, coach, you know, you've, you've, you've created a great program where you are, 
I've been here for five weeks. <laughs> I didn't create a great program where I was. You obviously just spam this out to everyone. Uh, that's funny. Talk about, for me, talk about Biola University. Talk about how important your faith is to you. Talk about what you've, you've seen the facilities. You like Al Barberfield. Yeah. Talk about those things, and nine times out of ten, I'm going to go watch you play if mm. I'm in the area already. If you live in another state and you want me to go fly, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But if you're in our area playing in a big tournament, if you're just anywhere within about a 100-mile radius and I know you're playing, I'm probably going to come watch you play. Okay. Um, because I'm watching you and I'm watching the other teams and it's just part of a big tournament. Yeah. But that's a really good way to be seen. Okay. Be well, specific. That's, that's good because I know, you know, with, with being the girl soccer coach, you know, helping with our, our girls go, yeah, like it's email this coach. Let's mm -hmm. see why you like them. And, and it's always helpful, like, to, to make it more personalized. You're right. Like, you've been there five weeks. I love what you've done there. Like, come on. Like, really? Mm -hmm. Granted, you've done great things. Yes, yeah, weeks. but really, yeah. you love what I've built here? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, I guess then the last thing is, I know we're kind of hitting our mark, man. This time flew by. You know, it's pretty quick. What's your, you know, so the, I, I feel like the simple answer any coach could give when they're like, what's your goals for your program? We want to win it all. Ah, mm -hmm. Like, let's go a little deeper. Like, what is your goal at Biola personally and then professionally? Like, you know, Biola is dear to me. I know it's dear to you. It's dear to a lot of people. So I don't want to put you on the spot with how dear it is to the gizzies of the world and the shocks yeah. and whatnot. But, yeah, what is your goal for Biola in a personal setting, professional setting? You know? Yeah, and just even to think about giz and <laughs> shrock, right? Like the goal of the program is to make the brotherhood continue and to grow. And so mm -hmm. from when I was a player, I remember players like yourself who had graduated years before come back and support the program. Mm -hmm. So before that, then – Mark and Giz, and so we have pre-game devotionals every time we have a game. We've already had Gizzy come and give a devotional about his experience at Biola. Mm. And then we've had Mark come and give his, he's doing it today, to give his experience of how Biola was for him. And th that's amazing when you can have generations of people come back and support the program. So mm. that, that's just, you brought it into and that touched a soft spot. Mm. Um, but for personal and professional goals, this season, walking into it, it was very important that the guys knew that I hate to lose okay. at all. I hate to freaking lose. <laughs> if I was a player at practice, if I was like, if I lost a possession drill, if I lose a game as a coach, I hate it. And as a player, I hated to lose. Yeah. So the goal is to be a team. The, 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 the personal goal I have is to make sure that everyone on this team understands that we all hate to lose. Okay. Like more than anything, <laughs> we hate to lose. We want to win games. We're going to be very difficult to beat. And so yeah. far they've been doing a great job. We've got a lot of huge tests coming up in games. But we want to win. But more than we want to win, we don't want to lose. And yeah. because we, that all comes with we don't want to fail the guy next to us. Mm. We don't want to fail our teammate and our brother who's next to us. If I work so hard not to fail him, it's because I don't want to lose for him. Mm. And we're just going to be so much of a better team. So that's definitely the – It's an interesting spin goal. on hating to lose. I like where you went with that. Yeah, yeah. hate to lose. <laughs> um, and then, uh, let's see, was, that's more of a personal goal. Professional goal. Yeah, I think that kind of ties into it because yeah. it, it, all, all that goes back into, yes, we want to win. Yes, we want to be the first men's soccer team to win a Pac West Conference championship hmm. because traditionally there's one school in our conference who's been dominating. Hmm. And I lost them once in my four years. Who is like, that? How do you, it's APU. Uh, I can't how, stand like, how it. Do you, I lost one time in four years. Like you, yes, they're a good program, but they're a very beatable program yeah. at the same time. And so nothing but respect for those guys, especially because I played with and against some of them at Seahorses, yeah. who was the, the, the coach there. Love those guys, but man, I want to beat them. Yeah, yeah, so that still runs back to my days. Yeah, we yeah, want to beat them. Um, long term. Then expand it. Then I'll kind of follow up to that. But on the, where do you see the program in five years? In your mind, Ooh. where do we see the program in five years? So, Biola University has impounded tons of of wonderful donated money into the athletic program. So okay. the facilities there have been fantastic. They've been yeah. growing like crazy. The plans for the next five years are huge. So these guys are going to have a unbelievable top of the line 
college experience when it comes to the facilities they're going to be able to use for their locker rooms, their training, their film room, the boot room, everything they're going to get for a soccer player is fantastic. And my goal is to continue to push the envelope hmm. to take us to a higher tier, higher tier, higher tier with soccer. Because my right. expectations of what a college program should have are equal with what a professional program has. Yeah, like You've got coaches who focus on nutrition, like to have opportunities to where now that you can have these student athletes signed to deals and yeah, have that right. sort of stuff. To have our thing, to have things signed with with nutritional companies, to have these guys continually fed and to mm. have done well, so that is the next level thing. That of course we're trying to get to, but where I see the program in five years, silverware is so 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 important to any athletic program to to mark that we've been a successful program in front of the eyes of everybody else. But success for to me is to have continued guys to come back to the program because of how much they loved it, mm. to come back to coach, to come back to uh, to put on events for for alumni. That something that was so important for me was that alumni came back and were supporting us. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if that's I don't know how long that that's gone for, but even to have an alumni game for us last week and to have seven years worth of guys all show up and play a game and give their experience to the guys meant the world to me. Yeah, I'm, I have a hammy issue. I'll be there next year though. I, I came and watched, but I, I'm mentally getting ready for next year's game. So I love it. But <laughs> at, at the end of the day, we NCAA is about winning. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're not here just to show up to play games. Yeah. If we're not winning games, we're not doing our job as a coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And so as much as we want to, we're going to win the hearts of these guys. We're going to change a lot of lives, and we're going to definitely impact them in their lives' experiences. Silverware is important. Yeah. It's very, very important to, to just being a competitive NCAA school yeah. in general. Yeah. So a ring for a conference championship would be first for sure. Okay. And, again, and we'll go from there. Well, I'll see what I can do. If you pull that off, I'd like to put my hat in to get a ring. It's yeah, like an anonymous, ring. you know, uh, whatever, supporter. But, Joey, this has been fun. I appreciate your time coming down here. Um, you guys have a game tonight, correct? We have a game tonight. We're playing Dominguez Hills. Home uh, or away? Home at 7 p.m. And then okay. Saturday, November 11th, we're playing home against Cal Poly Pomona. Okay. Two wonderful big tests for us. Yeah, two good two good schools there. So, hopefully, if you're interested in to go watch Biola, check them out in the area. Um, Cal St. Dominguez Hills tonight. Thank you guys for logging on, for watching. Thank you again to Joey. Um, please go to our YouTube channel, go to Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, check us out, Instagram, Twitter, we're there. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot.